ladies and gentlemen, yet another episode of Three Beers In. My name is Dom, and I want to wish everyone a very happy new year. <coughs> the cough has come back, which sucks, but it is what it is. What are you going to do? Um, it's the first episode of the new year, episode 123, and Three Beers In is going to kick off this new year right. So... In uh, in tradition with last week, I wanted to um, do the beer review like like I did, where I kind of like drank it and reviewed it first, and then read what I wrote and stuff. I wanted to do that. I can't with this beer because it's taking me um, it's taking me about twenty minutes to to pour it because I mean I don't know. I've never met. I'm gonna take a picture of it. I've never met a beer that was so difficult to pour uh, in my life. There is the moment that the beer... I'm going to just... I got to just do the beer review, I guess, because I'm here and, and here it is. This might be the earliest beer review probably ever, but I don't have much of a choice. So um, there's about four fingers of, of head and it's not dissipating. I don't know. Maybe something went bad. I don't know. On the on the can, it says that it was done uh, in July, so I don't think it would turn that quick. But anyway, um, it's it's not a Kolsch, which I was mistaken. It's Barrier Brewing Company, um, Imposter Pilsner. So now I think I got a complete pour here, and um, like I said, about maybe even fi- a fist of head. Like it's ridiculous. The second that the beer touched the glass, uh, the entire glass, and it's a it's like a. a 20 ounce glass because I like to use a big glass for the tall boys especially pretty much any beer really <coughs> sorry the cough's back uh, and like it, the entire glass is immediately filled with head so I don't. I hope that it doesn't happen with the other beers because it's going to be a long night otherwise whatever so um, Barrier right? Barrier uh, Brewing Company uh, I don't even know where they're from because their website is the weirdest thing I think I've ever seen when you look up their beer on the website it just says Imposter Pilsner and then it says um, Pilsner, Czech Pilsner. That's it. Doesn't tell you anything about it. But the can on the, on the oh, it's from Oceanside, New York. So I guess that's in uh, is that Long Island or something. So anyway, it says honestly, they'll have no. There's spell checks. There's problems in the in the description here. But you know these guys are. I think they're a small brewery, so you know I give them you know all the credit for what they're doing. They're an independent craft brewer, so you know all power to them. It says here. Honestly, they'll have no clue. Remember when Mrs. Scholes wired money to someone pretending to be her grandson? Or when Dr. Says, or Saz, I still have to get the pronunciation, conducted those unauthorized placebo tests? How about that night Pearl actually thought, I was supposed to say, I was a trained masseuse? That was all me. You're talking to a pro. And now all I need to do is pass as the apex of German malts hops and lager yeast i'll pull that off before my second hand later hosen arrives in the mail so it's it's um <coughs> i don't know about the czech culture but the maybe it's okay so maybe what they're trying to do is be a czech pilsner <laughs> with german with german tendencies but um you can see that on the can there's guys in later hosens and the German hat in blue and then his later hosens are like a greenish and he has a trucker hat so 
I finally got the beer out, and it is a darker. It is a. I mean, a traditional. So the difference between the Czech pilsners and the German pils, right? Um, so the Czech pilsners are about five percent alcohol by volume. Well, like four. Oh, this one is five percent, but it's like four point one to five point two percent alcohol by volume for the uh, for the Czech pilsners. Um, it's going to be a tinted pale like yellow which this is it says that it would be slightly sweet uh toasted biscuit and a bready aroma and flavors but the standard when it comes to the um czech style of pilsners is pilsner or kel and everyone knows that i mean pilsner or kel come on you can't you can't go wrong with that but the german pils is a lighter body lighter color it's drier and crispier and there's a a strong a noble hop aroma and flavor so i wasn't able to um do what i wanted to do uh, beforehand, so I'm gonna have to do this one right off the cuff here. So it's extremely carbonated. There's there's a lot of activity in this glass. I do see some sediment um, resting to the bottom now. So I guess some of the yeast did come out of this can. Uh, I did not do much of an aggressive pour. There's already lacing in the glass now that the beer has calmed down. It's gonna be extremely carbonated when I take a sip. I know that for sure. Let me get a nose on. I, I got a bit of a cold again. I don't know. I think I have to sneeze now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me about that. Right in the beer. No, just kidding. So let me try to get a nose on it, see if I can get a smell here. Okay, so it has a, a very, it's got a floral aroma to it, but it also has that that uh, that uh, biscuity smell, but not too sweet. Doesn't smell too sweet. Yeah, let me just pause this and blow my nose. Hold on one second. All right, so the music will probably cut in in a weird spot, but I'm just going to continue. So um, the aroma has a very clean aroma. Uh, it also has that uh, fresh cut grass smell to it. Um, flowery, but it also smells like it's going to be sweet, but uh, but not too sweet. It kind of smells um, a little bit on the uh, it might be on the bitter side. But here we go for a taste. Okay, Jesus. Oh, that is the most carbonated beer I have ever had in my life. It's almost like drinking seltzer. Like that's how. Um, that's how quick the carbonation hits you. Let me get another sip in. Very, very bright. Very, very fruity. There's a fruitiness there to it. Um, it's not too bold. Uh, it's pretty laid back. The carbonation is overwhelming. I don't know if that's maybe... Uh, if this is what... <coughs> <laughs> may have happened um, in this particular brew. It's in the tall boy cans. I don't know um, if the conditioning is different uh, in terms of cans to, to bottles. I mean, I'm not too sure about that. Um, very, very bright. Um, it has like a. It, it needs a little bit more bitterness to it, I think. Um, but then again, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Because like the Pilsner Kel is the standard, so you're going to try to like uh, com uh, compare it to that. Um, it's just, um, it has the smell of like the sweet malt and the grains and some grass, but there, there's not much hops. There's not a lot of hops in here. There's a citrusy hop uh, f a flavor, but it's not bitter enough. Um, it's very light bodied, um, not very sweet on the back end, and also not very bitter. It kind of, it kind of comes out flat. So, um, it's got like a, I kind of, there's just, there's not much going on in this beer. And it's just so freaking carbonated. It looks like, 
<clears throat> looks like there's a party going on in the glass. Let me get some more. It almost it almost burns your tongue, which how much carbonation is in it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a there's a grassy, hoppy flavor that's got a little bit of bitterness to it, but it's just a it feels like a very flat Pilsner or Cal. Uh, that's extremely carbonated. That's it. So I'm gonna give this a middle of the road score of, of um, let me write it down because I want to give it to, it's due. I'm gonna give it a. Oh, I'm so sorry for that. I'm gonna give it a a 5.5 out of 10 because it's just there's it's not because of the intense carbonation. Maybe it was that can, and you know I could give it a, another another shot with the next one, but. It is not easy to drink because of how strongly carbonated that beer is, and it and it totally threw off my show flow because I wasn't I didn't want to do the beer review that quickly, you know. I wanted <coughs> I wanted to wait a little bit, you know. But um, now I had to do it right away, and I have to cross it off the list. But sorry about that, everybody. Sorry that the beer review had to be so upfront in the show. I'm going to make a note that if you want to skip the beer review, you just got to go to 9 minutes and 40 seconds, and you'll get there. Um, because uh, maybe some people don't like listening to the beer review and want to get to the bread and butter of the talking. This is like almost giving me a heartburn immediately. I think it may have been that one can, I hope. I've never had a more carbonated beer. The burps are going to be brutal with this. But not that bad. But but not that good either. Okay, so episode 123. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Um, ringing in the new year with an episode of Three Beers In. Hopefully, uh, you're having a beer with me right now. And you can maybe shoot me a line and tell me what you're drinking. Or I'm trying to help you get to your commute through to, to work. And maybe you could just zone out, look out the window, and listen to me talk about nonsense and stuff like that. I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the pause for the coughs. Okay, you're going to hear the clicks. So sorry about that. It is just so unprofessional. I was good for like a week, and then boom, it hits me again. And then I realized that um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I have a very good... I don't think I have good nutrition. You know, my, uh, my wife and I, the other day, we were talking about it, like how I'm, I'm getting sick again. You know, I don't normally get sick uh, in the winter or any season, rather. And then I'm like, you know, I don't eat any fruits or vegetables. I just eat... Um, I drink beer... Which I I mean that's a vegetable right or f- f- something on the pyramid, uh, you know and I'll have like meat so you know and bread I don't eat a lot of vegetables so I ordered my New Year's resolution was to get my get vitamins into me and stuff like that <coughs> so I ordered some on Amazon and that's gonna be my New Year's resolution to try to get a little healthier you know maybe lose a little weight. And see what happens uh, with that. Anyway, so uh, just a little update on the three beers in end. Uh, our website is looking just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, seriously, uh, Big Joe is really doing a number on the website. Like I actually showed Rob, and he's like, "It looks too good." It actually looked like we were either a brewery or like uh, beer sommeliers or cicerones, whatever it's called. Like we were, it looked like we were so professional, and that's that's farthest from the from the whole case. So. 
I had to tell him to tone it down a little bit. And he said, all right, you know, whatever you want. And he's going to update me tonight and stuff like that and show me um, what he's got. Because uh, the cool thing about it is he implemented, you know, it works great on the mobile and it works really well on the desktop as well. The desktop is going to feature the desktop website (laughs) when you go to it. (laughs) Yeah, when you go to the desktop, there's a there's a search feature, so you could search beers. Um, you know that's gonna be really awesome when we uh, start to really expand on the amount of beers that we have down here on Three Beers In. And there's also an archive by month and year, which was really 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 cool. I didn't ask him to do that, but he did it, and I just found that to be so cool. And um, you know when we're looking back on Three Beers In and we're looking into the archives and want to maybe listen to past beer reviews and where we've come from. We're going to be able to do that um, all on our new website that is going to be up and running maybe by next week. Um, we just got to tie up some of the loose ends in terms of the design and make sure that it really fits the personality that we have. Because he did say, like, I want this um, website to fit who you are and what your message is. And uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for him and stuff like that. Maybe one day I could get him down here and have him on for a show and we could have beer together and hang out and... Um, have a good time. So, New Year's happened. 2019 is here. Can you believe it? Can you believe it's 2019? I graduated high school in 2006. You know, what's funny for me is uh, I, I look at, like, some of my cousins who are entering college and stuff, and um, I was like, if I were to talk to them now, because I, there's there's a particular cousin of mine that I haven't spoken to since he was, like, before he was even entering high school. And I was like, uh, you know, I caught up with um, his parents not too long ago. And I, I said to myself, like, what would what would I, if I could give them advice or if I could talk to them about life, what would I say? It's also something that I think about now that I'm going to be having a daughter and everything, too. I think about, like, at what point did I become an adult? Because it, I'm still, I still don't feel like I am, but I know that I am. So it's kind of like, I, I, it's amazing to me how I'm going to be 31 years old. It's it's 2019. I'm getting older. I'm having a kid, and I still feel like who I am. Who, who you know? I still feel like me. It's just things are different. You know, it's just such a bizarre thing to really think about when you try to do like a like a inspection of of yourself and like uh, things around you and and it's like, do I know more? I don't know. Am I wiser? I guess I'm wiser. I don't. I don't. Won't make the same mistakes. You know, you learn from them, but the, I remember, I remember, like when I was when I was growing up, the the one thing you didn't want to hear um, from your parents were like, "Don't do this, don't do that," you know. Yeah, and I guess it's like, for me, I had to learn the hard way, and I guess I think I would just maybe pass that information along. It's like, hey, you're gonna fuck up, just try not to fuck up the same thing twice, you know. I guess that that's a pretty good thing to tell my daughter, right? You know, look at me, look at me, parent of the year over here, right? So anyway. So 2019 comes, and Ari is super pregnant now, right? I think she's... I, I'm, I'm terrible-sounding husband and dad. I'm pretty sure she's in the seventh month right now. Let's see, what is it? The baby's coming in April. Today is January. February, Yeah, so three... That's ten months. I don't know. She's in, like, her, her 25th or 26th week. I don't know. I don't know, like, how it works. But anyway, I know there's a... a, a the belly's growing, and she's feeling every step of the way that belly and she's getting more and more uh tired and and things are it's it's a bit more painful for her oh god this beer is so carbonated um so 
So yeah, it's it's a bit more difficult for us. So so for this New Year's, you know, we were invited to, uh, many different places, um, a lot of things on the on the docket, and uh, we were totally contemplating it. We were both on vacation at that point, and then she was just like, "I really just don't feel great. Let's just go home," you know. So I was like, "Fine, you know, I'm I'm cool with that." But then we go home, and you know, we have dinner and everything. I went out and I got some like New Year's hats, some of those noisemakers and stuff to try to make it very New Year's-y in our apartment and stuff. And uh, I'm very disappointed in this beer. Um, you know, I wanted to make it um, New Year's-y and stuff in, in the apartment and, uh, you know, to make it make it as fun as possible. I had a, a bottle of champagne and uh, she had a bottle of like sparkling uh, pear apple juice that I got for her, which was really, really cute and nice. So now, we're sitting in the living room and we're watching Netflix because she, she hates the the um, New Year's Eve, like like that coverage, like the Dick Clark thing and the, what was her name? Chrissy Teigen, Kirsten Teigen, and uh, that other lady, and um, Carson Daly. You know, that was a, that was a shit show. It just wasn't fun to watch any of those things. So we started watching Netflix. And Ari has this uncanny ability to fall asleep at any moment. Um, it's actually quite impressive. I think we talked about it on the show before. So she, she passes out and, you know, immediately. And um, I'm, you know, just the Netflix is on in the background. I'm on my phone and I'm, you know, I'm scanning the internet, playing some internet games, you know, on my phone and stuff, just relaxing. And I realized that it was 11.52. And like the balls dropping any like soon, I gotta wake up a pregnant woman, which means I'm gonna get. I could. It's very very like touch and go. Like either it's gonna work out well for you, or your your face is gonna get clawed off. So I took the chance. I woke her up. I said, "Harry, the balls dropping. We gotta you know wish each other happy New Year." And she started trying to fall asleep again. And I was like, "No, come on, get up, get up." And then I realized we didn't have any clocks in the apartment. We have no clocks in our apartment. It's like a casino, you know. There's not one clock. If, it wasn't, if you didn't have your cell phone, like both of our cell phones died, we would have no idea what day it is or what time it is. So I have to invest in a clock. Uh, so we almost missed the ball drop, which was just incredible. For It's our first time as a married couple, and we, we nearly completely blew it, where there would be no ball drop for, for anybody. And <coughs> it would have sucked. But I uh, got her up in time, watched the ball drop. The only problem was... We were streaming it, so we were delayed significantly. So uh, we 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 missed New Year's. You know, there's really no way to slice it. We did miss it, but it was nice. We still said Happy New Year to each other, and then she immediately went to bed again. So um, um, at this point, I was going to do the beer review, but I will tell everyone um, that for my 2019, I guess I'll do a a bit of a drum roll here for 2019 for me. I. Here, three beers in. Down in a bell. I'm gonna, I'm gonna brew my own beer. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so here I am. I have, I have a pretty extensive and cool library, right? That I guess, um, I don't know. I acquired it over the years. I liked, I liked to read a lot, <coughs> and then I kind of like fell off and stuff. No time to do it. But I was trying to sell some, some books on eBay, which was interesting. And I came across a book called The uh, Joy of Homebrewing by Charles Papazian. 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 
And apparently this was like, I was reading uh, about the book, and apparently it's like the gold standard of homebrewers and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking read it. So I started reading this book, and the way the guy writes the book, it, it kind of inspires you to fucking homebrew, right? So I said to myself, I'm like, let me just read this thing and see where my brain goes with it, see what happens. And like one of the first sentences was like, if you can boil water and follow the instructions to make mac and cheese, you could brew beer. And I was like, bullshit. Beer seems extremely complicated. There's no way I could do it, right? Then I read, oh. then I read through the fucking book, and I gained more and more confidence. Ariel went and got me a, a legitimate uh, beer brewing kit from home, uh, Northern Brewer. Um, it's got two from uh, two carboys, uh, you know, one for fermenting and uh, one for... Uh, like bottling and stuff. Uh, it's got everything you would need. And um, I'm super excited about it. It should be here. I want to I want to be able to brew a beer before my daughter arrives. I think it would be really, really cool to do. And, um, <coughs> you know, reading through this book and reading about beer and reading about the ingredients and, and the process has, has opened up an unbelievable amount of just insight in everything that, you know, I'm all about when it comes to beer, and it's just so incredible, and and um, exciting because there's so much that I didn't know, and so much that I know now, which is uh, which I'm gonna, it's gonna have me appreciate beer even more uh, than I do already, which is I, I appreciate it very very much. So it's really really cool that I'm going to, in 2019, brew some beer. You know, I have great ideas about different beers that I want to brew, uh, different uh, types of beers. Maybe try to mess around and make an official three beers in beer. But, I, you know, I want to start off slow. I want to start off nice and easy because it, it it's not so much that it's complicated to do. It's just that in order for it to be good, like, I mean, not even just for it to be good, in order for it to be great, you have to... You have to follow a, a certain amount of guidelines. And my only, sorry, my only um, reservation and problem that I'm, I'm like kind of running into and thinking about is temperature control during the fermentation process. Now, that's going to sound like a bunch of wobbly beer jargon to, to a lot of our casual listeners, but it's something that, uh, I mean, the way I looked at it and the way the book kind of puts it out there is that if you're not doing an all-grain um, brew and you're using malt extract and stuff, you can you literally take one day, like an hour and a half or so, to make the wort and then you literally don't do anything for like three to four weeks. And then you put it in another thing and you don't do anything for another two weeks. And then you bottle it and then you wait another two weeks and boom, you have a beer. It's like, it's kind of that simple. And, um, <coughs> and it, it's an exciting um, venture to go on and it's an exciting thing to think about and to, um, and I'm really, really pumped to do it. It's just that for the fermentation process where your beer sits, uh, your wort sits uh, with the yeast added to it. Um, there's a temperature control issue, and then a lot of home brewers uh, run into that. And if you don't want to, you know, spend big, big bucks on a chest freezer or some sort of refrigeration, there are some tips and tricks for home brewers to use in order to keep their wort um, cool during the fermentation process and uh, warm during the fermentation process. Because depending on the region, uh, time of the year, and the temperature of the of the ambient room or wherever you are. Um, 
it's gonna it's gonna really affect your beer because I believe uh, if I have it right, I'm, I'm, it's either this way or the other way. If you let it, uh, if it's too cold, then the yeast doesn't do its job properly, and you don't have you have a subpar beer. And if it's too warm, the yeast kind of overachieves, and you're gonna have a beer that tastes like bananas, um, which kind of sounds uh, interesting, but it's not gonna if you're doing a a uh, double hopped IPA uh, or a dry hopped IPA with the you know all these different hops and, and stuff like that for aroma and for bitterness and you come out uh, tasting bananas uh, you're going to be a little upset so also another thing is like if you want to make a lager beer the yeast has to uh, do its job at 45 to 55 degrees so you have to be able to cool the the uh, the wort and when it's in the fermenter uh, to get to that temperature because also when the yeast starts to do its work it uh, heats up the the uh, the word, which is what the word for the unbrewed or the unfermented beer. So if this basement gets to 68 degrees, I'm, I'm thinking I'm in the clear, but then when it starts to do, the yeast starts to do its work, and now the, the brew is at 74 or 75 degrees because of the activation of the yeast, I'm not going to have a good beer. So that's my only concern, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to bring everyone along for the ride uh, with this and uh, just maybe uh, you know, maybe record or audio or visual record my brew day so everyone could see it and have it on record and maybe have someone uh, with me for it. I was thinking maybe asking Eric or Greg or or maybe like any, or Tommy, anybody who wants to come over for my brew day. It's going to be my first one, so it's going to be a bit hectic, but, um, you know, I really look forward to it. Really happy that I got a deal on uh, the Northern Brewer site because they had their deluxe uh, beer doing kit on sale and I was able to get it for a uh, like half the price which was really, which was really neat because it came with the kettle it's a 5 gallon also this is another thing that I just found absolutely fantastic it makes the beer extremely cheap okay so you know once you bottle it all in the uh, in the 12 ounce bottles and everything and like you have your all your ingredients and all your stuff uh you could you could spend anywhere from um, forty to fifty dollars on just the ingredients to brew your beer but it's going to brew you for for what I have is a five-gallon batch, which is 53 beers. And if you do the math on it, it's like anywhere from 80 to 80 cents to a dollar 13 a beer, which is like really, really cheap, especially uh, when you're craving um, that craft taste. And you're going to be able to make your own um, cool craft creations. You know, reaching back to the Greg Wilton days, uh, the. Uh, Greg Wilton Jr.'s Cool Craft Creations Cooler. Um, so it's really, really neat to see. And also, um, you know, Rob and I always touched upon this, and I, and I think it's really important to speak of now. Like I said, this book and the whole approaching the home brewing experience has really opened up my eyes to a lot about beer that I didn't know. And uh, I think this is a major part. I mean, we were doing the Oktoberfest episodes, and we were doing, like, these beer comparisons to German beers <coughs> and, like, these old, old German breweries. It's it's like they they have such a a limited amount of ingredients. So I think there's like four hops that are exclusively German, and and the, and the malts I think is a little bit there's a little bit more leeway with the malts, but it's still extremely um, narrow in terms of the of the variety when it comes to uh, the ingredients for those beers. So. The reason that we get such a uniquely German taste is because these breweries that have been around for hundreds of years 
have the exclusive rights, I believe, to these ingredients. And if a brewery in the United States or anywhere else in the world uh, goes to brew a um, a spot in Oktoberfest or a Polner Oktoberfest or even like a, a Warsteiner um, Pilsner... They're, they they cannot use the exact same ingredients because what they're going to be able what they're going to do in that sense is clone the beer, you know. And you're not allowed to do that. You can't um, unless you announce that you're cloning it. But you, I think it's just meant for home brewers to clone uh, beers if that's uh, like what they're they want to do. But you can't take a beer's recipe, um, copy it, and then sell it as your own. It's kind of like a you know if Evil Twin took Budweiser's recipe, brewed it, and then put it out as Evil Twinweiser. Um, you're going to get your ass sued because, like, that's, you know, you're stealing the recipe. So unless you're a home brewer trying to do a clone, um, there's no way for these breweries in the States and uh, elsewhere to brew that authentic German-flavored f- uh, beer because of such the, because of the narrow window that they have or the narrow scope of ingredients that they use. So w- the way they... <clears throat> from what I read and, and, and have researched, the way they kind of got around that is they took these noble hops and then they spliced them with other hops from around uh, the United States. And, you know, you get offshoots of these noble hops and stuff like that. And I'll probably go into further detail as I get the kit and start to do my own brewing. And then I'll probably have a homebrew uh, segment where I could talk about what I'm up to and what's going on uh, in terms of the um the process but other than that i'm going to take a little bit of a break now and i will see you on the other side Thank everyone for uh, tuning in to another episode of Three Beers In. Uh, once the website's up and running, you can hit the Contact Us tab and send us an email right through our website. You don't even have to go to your email client. It's very, very cool. Very, very easy to do. 
I'm really, really stoked for it. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, I, you know, I, I love coming down here. I love doing this show, uh, whether you listen or not. You know, I'll be doing this until uh, until I just can't do it no more. You know, it's a fun time for me. I'm really, really glad that people do listen and have a fun time as well. Um, 2019 is going to be a great year for this show. Uh, it's going to be a great re- uh, year for you guys. Um, thank you once again for listening. And um, this song is dedicated to Robert Obermeyer. Uh, it was his favorite bathroom break song. Um, I miss him a lot. I miss him dearly. He's my best friend. Um, so, uh, yeah, I miss that guy. I miss him a lot. But um, uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. This episode is dedicated to all of you and to dedicated to a happy and healthy new year for everybody. For everybody. You know, I find it really, really neat and really cool that everybody tunes in and has a fun time with this show. Um, I just want to let you guys know. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. So I want to let you guys know that um, I um, took some videos of me opening up the uh, the beers, and it's a it's a terrible situation. I do think something went uh, pretty. I, I do think something went wrong with the beers. Uh, I can't really put my finger on it. Um, but as you'll be able to see in the videos I may post onto the Twitter, um, it just, there was something wrong. Um, also, I let them sit for a little while, and then I poured the, uh, another one out, and I started drinking it, and it just tasted like a straight-up Belgian uh, ale. So, I don't know if they went bad from the brewery, I don't know if they went bad when they were sitting, because they were from July. Oh, God, they were brewed, uh, or bottled, or canned in July. So you're looking at it, so July, five months old. I don't know if that's going to be enough to, to make a turn. But um, I will say this, Rob Obermeyer, <coughs> co-host of the show, former co-host and co-founder of the show, um, when he told uh, Manny from Beverage Island that he was uh, leaving the country, he gave him a bottle of Goose Island uh, Bourbon County brand uh, stout. It's a stout aged in bourbon barrels. Uh, it's the original bourbon barrel aged stout. And this particular one, it says Chicago made Imperial Stout, was bottled in 2017, according to this here, and signed by the brewmaster uh, Jared Jankowski. So I may or may do that uh, relatively sooner uh, rather than later. Excuse me, but I'm going to bring back a little bit of a segment that was uh, part of the past that I'm now going to bring back for 2018 uh, and maybe keep it going through 2018. But uh, it is a review, not a review, excuse me, I've been reviewing beer for a while now, but it's some beer news, ladies and gentlemen. That's correct. We have coming out of, um, where where did it come from? I, I don't know, it's from San Francisco. Okay, there is this new style of beer. It may be, it may be new. I don't know because I'm not, I'm not up on. I'm going to try to get more up on the beer news, but it is called the Brute IPA. 
Okay. And a short story real quick before I read this article. The Brute IPA is basically... Um, it's kind of like mimicking the dryness of a Brute Champagne, um, which is interesting. But I'm going to read this uh, article real quick. <coughs> From BeerAndBrewing.com. Uh, the birth of the Brute IPA. An enzyme long used to help make big imperial stouts a little easier on the palate has found a new purpose in an emerging style of IPA. The Brute IPA is dry, zero-degree Play-Doh version of the style that was created just months ago and is now spreading like wildfire. The enzyme amyloglucosidase, I think I got that right, has been used in brewing for a while now. It has the ability to break down complex sugars that might not otherwise ferment, allowing the yeast a bonus meal during uh, fermentation. As such, it has been popular with big, boozy imperial stouts so that they aren't super sweet on the palate. In San Francisco, at Social Kitchen and Brewery, Kim Sturdivant, Sturdivant, the brewmaster, has been using amyloglucosidase on his uh, triple IPA to help tamp down the sugars found in the beer. Quote, I've been using it for two or three years, but uh, had it in the back of my mind to use on a traditional IPA to make it bone dry, a recipe with no residual sugar. When his brew house scheduled, when his brew house schedule allowed last November, uh, he gave it a go. He brewed a traditional IPA and added the amyloglucosidase. After the first round of fermentation, the result was a zero-degree Play-Doh, bone dry, super aromatic, or yeah, aromatic, slightly hazy but still bright IPA. Quote, I took a growler home and realized that I had finished the whole thing. It's just unlike anything else I've ever had, Um, he says. At first, he considered calling it uh, Champagne IPA. Uh, The folks in France uh, would likely have something to say about that. (coughs) But after um, consulting with the uh, wine-minded friend, friend, he settled on Extra Brute IPA, eventually shortened to Brute IPA. Within days, the city's beer scene was buzzing about this new kind of IPA, and the the brewers near and far were adding it to their lineups. Drake's Brewing Company, San uh, Leandro, California, has been blogging about their experience brewing the style, and from Colorado to Pennsylvania, uh, brewers are trying their hand, figuring out the best way to make this IPA. Since the style is still in its infancy, there's a lot of crawling going on. There's a lot of crawling going on before it breaks into a full run. And brewers say they are experimenting um, with when to use the enzyme and the types of hop uh, to use and a device, uh, a diverse uh, grain bill. So basically, um, in order to, I mean, you know, just to maybe get off the article a little bit, we got ourselves a new IPA hitting the, uh, hitting the scene, which uh, for some people is good news. <laughs> And for others, like the IPA haters, um, bad news. But nonetheless, uh, this is another 2019 goal for three beers in, is to get our hands on one of these brute IPAs, even though it does say in the article that it's in its infancy. It is still something that I want to give a try, uh, being an IPA guy um, and wanting to try something new in the craft beer uh, scene. This is going to be really, really neat to, to try to get our hands on. Okay, so... With that being said, oh, I did it twice now. So with that being said, um, you know, I, I made a, I, I levied a complaint, pretty much a complaint uh, last episode about uh, the emails that, <coughs> the emails or lack thereof that we get here on Three Beers In. 
Uh, so to, 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 uh, to try to fix that, uh, we added that contact um, that contact tab on our website that's going to be coming out um, hopefully by next week. But I did receive an email, and it's the first one of 2019, so I made up a little bit of a, a song to go with the fact uh, that we got one. We got one! That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we got one. That's from the Ghostbusters, if you don't. If you don't know what that is, um, forget you and everyone that you know. So this email is coming to us from my blood, Thomas Hopkins. And uh, maybe I should bring the music down a little bit. So he says to me, amazing beer review, uh, thorough, and really walk through uh, the senses. Um, he was talking about the most uh, the, uh, episode before this one. Uh, question for this week, he says, uh, do you try beer differently when you are home compared to out? Um... As an example, do you try new beers uh, when out at dinner or a bar, or will you stick to favorites or local beer? If yes, do you find yourself tasting differently uh, when tasting for the podcast? He says, uh, sometimes when I'm out, I like trying new beers, but I'm skeptical due to the CO2 lines or the age of the keg as compared to being home with a bottled beer, uh, more intimate atmosphere, etc. Uh, like to know your thoughts on the topic. Uh, and glad to see the show is still going on. Uh, that's right, right arm, my man, right arm. Uh, come out to Michigan when uh, we can uh, we can head to uh, Half Acre, about three hours from my place. I'll send you some for the podcast for being a dad. Hit me up, cuz. Love you. And that's from Tom. Um, wonderful, wonderful little email here. I just think it's absolutely fantastic. And what a way to kick off the new year uh, with an email uh, from one of our loyal listeners. Um, so... I'm going to be honest, when I'm out at dinner or at a bar, I play it safe. I go with beer that I know. Um, maybe because um, pl- I'm paying a little bit more of a premium. <coughs> I actually have never even thought to um, to question the CO2 lines or, or the kegs that are um, that that go with the beer. Otherwise, I mean, it de- also depends, too. If I'm at um, Nuremberg, for example, whatever their guest tap is, I'm going to try it. And I'll always ask them to try it first. Uh, if I think it's a little off or if I think something's not right, um, I'll just request another beer that I know is good or something that uh, is a go-to beer for me. And that goes the same with uh, with any place. Uh, if I go down to um, you know any any bar uh, that has a beer that I've uh, I'm intrigued, you know, looking at, usually by name or something that I heard of, I'll ask them to taste it first, and then usually. Most places are going to be very, very, excuse me, be very um, up forward and just, you know, give it to you to taste in a little bit of a glass. And then you, you can then make the determination for yourself whether or not that's something you want to drink. Because another thing is, like, if you know the style of beer that you're going to be getting into, you might not want that type of beer in terms of, like, the meal that you may be having. You know, I, the first thing I do before I even decide on the meal, I decide on the beer first, which actually shouldn't... It should be the other way around. You want to try to complement whatever food you're having with a, with a beverage to, to go with it. But because I'm a, I'm a functioning, probably a functioning alcoholic, the first thing I want to do is to see what beer is on the tap that I haven't tried before and then uh, ask them to try it. Miller's Ale House uh, here on Staten Island has a lot of beers on tap, and... Um, 
you can ask them to try them. They will give you a little glass of it. And uh, then you can make the determination whether you want to have a full glass of that beer to give yourself the full experience or if you want to try to maybe uh, deviate to something else. But other than that, if it's not something that jumps out to me and, like, it's, like, something that I would really, really want to try, um, I'm, I'm just going to go with, you know, the beer that I know that's good for, for a cheap price, too. When I'm ever, Another thing that I do when I'm out at a dinner or at, um, excuse me, <coughs> when I'm at dinner or I'm at um, a bar, I never, ever get any Belgian-style uh, beers because what happens is the, the bars and the, and the restaurants, uh, more likely than not, will make um, the Belgian beers or the more boozy beers uh, more expensive because, you know, people are getting um, wasted quicker. You know, it's a more potent... Uh, you know, concoction. So I never, I've never really had a, I never had a, I don't think I've ever had a Belgian um, outside of the home because that's something that I just don't think I can enjoy when I'm out. Cause like when I'm out, it's like, um, I want to like, you know, have fun. I want to have a beer that's uh, middle of the road type thing, not too heavy and not too complex um, because I just want to have fun, enjoy conversation, and then, uh, you know, whatever I might be eating um, goes down easy. I usually go for a flagship. Um, if there's flagship available, I'll get whatever flagship is there because they're they're very solid beers in terms of their flavor profiles. Like, I wouldn't get a Rogan Fest if I went out for, like, pe- uh, well, maybe for pizza. I would do, I'm not going to have a Rogan Fest and, and a burger. I, I just don't feel like... It would complement each other. I want a bright beer when I'm eating food. I want something that's going to, like, just go down easy and, like, not be overcomplicated and stuff like that. So I really don't try beers when I'm out. Like, I don't order it. I will say, can I taste this beer? And then I will be able to um, determine, you know. But when I go to Beverage Island... You know, and you in the the world's your oyster there when you got all those. I mean, the shelves are just <coughs> littered with all different colored cans of beer. I'm what I'm starting to do now is I'm just starting to grab whatever catches my eye and then, um, and then you know, have it. Um, because what you could do there is I can grab like two tall boy cans of a particular beer, and that's going to save me money and also give me a great understanding of what the beer is and how it tastes and I could do a proper review of it if I have at least two of them. I'm very disappointed uh, tonight with the um, Barrier Brewing Co. Uh, Imposter Pilsner. It was not good. Something went wrong. I'm changing my rating to a, a 0 out of 10 because it, it was, it turned it like something, something went wrong either it went bad in the can or something happened because it just, the flavor changed as I got down the glass, and then I noticed stuff floating in it at the bottom, settled at the bottom. It just wasn't good to go. So, um, you know, it's a shame that that happened. But you know what? This does happen sometime, and that is the, that's the risk. <coughs> See, now, if I had just purchased one can of it, you know, it would have been bad, and I wouldn't have wasted my money. But I, I got excited. I saw a Pilsner. I thought it was going to be delicious. It turns out not to be. Now, if you're at a restaurant or at a bar and you say, let me taste that, and they're going to give it to you in a little cup, if it tastes off, you didn't waste 5 to $7 or, or maybe even more because it's a craft uh, brew uh, on your tab with the beer being off. Because you know what? Some places, if you're like, hey, this beer doesn't taste good after they pour it, they might not 
you know, be accommodating and you don't want to, um, you don't even want to be put in that situation where you have to say, hey, can you take this back? It wasn't that good. Because, you know, that's just awkward and weird. And I don't like even talking to waitstaff. I feel weird talking to them. I don't like when I have to tell people, like, to do my bidding. I feel very, um, I don't know, I get really anxious. I even told my wife about it. I was like, listen, can you flag the waiter? Because I just can't do it. I get so anxious. I don't know why. I don't know if I'm, like, something's up, something's up with me or something. But that's a conversation for another day. Really, really excited that everyone was uh, able to hear this show today. I'm really excited that it got uh, done. I hope that the quality was good. Uh, once again, I'm one-man show here, everybody. Trying to get it all done and ready to go. Once uh, once I get everything together down here, I could probably get some people down here to come down and be a guest. Other than that, uh, once again, a happy new year from your three beers in family. Thank you for listening, and I'm going to catch you next week, guys. Take care.